0: Section Eight of Lucrezia Borgia by Ferdinand Gregorovius. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Emily Maynard. Book One, Chapter Eight: Family Affairs. Lucrezia's marriage with Giovanni Sforza confirmed the political alliance which Alexander the Sixth had made with Ludovico il Moro. The regent of Milan wanted to invite Charles VIII of France into Italy to make war upon King Ferdinand of Naples, so that he himself might ultimately gain possession of the duchy, for he was consumed with ambition and impatience to drive his sickly nephew, Gian Galeazzo, from the throne. The latter, however, was the consort of Isabella of Aragon, a daughter of Alfonso of Calabria and the grandson of Ferdinand himself the alliance of venice ludovico the pope and some of the other italian nobles had become known in rome as early as april twenty fifth this league clearly was opposed to naples and its court therefore was thrown into the greatest consternation nevertheless king ferdinand congratulated the lord of pizarro upon his marriage he looked upon him as a kinsman and sforza had likewise been accepted by the house of aragon june fifteenth fourteen ninety three the king wrote to him from capua as follows illustrious cousin and our dearest friend we have received your letter of the twenty-second of last month in which you inform us of your marriage with the illustrious donna lucretia the niece of his holiness our master we are much pleased both because we always have and still do feel the greatest love for yourself and your house and also because we believe that nothing could be of greater advantage to you than this marriage therefore we wish you the best of fortune and we pray god with you that this alliance may increase your own power and fame and that of your state eight days earlier the same king had sent his ambassador to spain a letter in which he asked the protection of ferdinand and isabella against the machinations of the pope whose ways he described as loathsome in this he was referring not to his political actions but to his personal conduct julia farnese whom in Fessura noticed among the wedding guests and described as quote, the pope's concubine caused endless gossip about herself and his holiness this young woman surrendered herself to an old man of sixty-two whom she was also compelled to honor as the head of the church there is no doubt whatever about her years of adultery but we cannot understand the cause of her passion for however powerful the demoniac nature of alexander the sixth may have been it must by this time have lost much of its magnetic strength perhaps this young and empty-headed creature after she had once transgressed and the feeling of shame had passed was fascinated by the spectacle of the sacred master of the world before whom all men prostrated themselves lying at her feet the feet of a weak child there is also the suspicion that the cupidity of the farnese was the cause of the criminal relations for julia's sins were rewarded by nothing less than the bestowal of the cardinal's purple on her brother alessandro the pope had already designated him among others for the honor but the nomination was delayed by the opposition of the sacred college over which giuliano delle rovere presided King Ferdinand also encouraged this opposition, and on the very day on which Lucretia's marriage to Pesaro was celebrated, he placed his army at the disposal of the cardinals who refused to sanction the appointment. Her consort, Sforzo, was now a great man in Rome and intimate with all the Borgias. June 16th he was seen by the side of the Duke of Gandia, decked in costly robes, glittering with precious stones, as if, they were two kings, riding out to meet the Spanish ambassador gandia was preparing for his journey to spain he had been betrothed to dona maria enriquez a beautiful lady of valencia shortly before his father ascended the papal throne there is a brief of alexander's dated october sixth fourteen ninety two in which he grants his son and his spouse the right to obtain absolution from any confessor whatsoever The high birth of Doña Maria shows what brilliant connections the bastard Giovanni Borgia was able to make as a grandee of Spain, for she was the daughter of Don Enrico Enriquez, high treasurer of León, and Doña Maria de Luna, who was closely connected with the royal house of Aragon. Don Giovanni left Rome, August 4, 1493, to board a Spanish galley in Civitavecchia according to the report of the Ferrarese agent he took with him an incredible number of trinkets with whose manufacture the goldsmiths of rome had busied themselves for months of alexander's sons there now remained in rome caesar who was to be made a cardinal and juffre who was destined to be a prince in naples for the quarrel between the pope and king ferdinand had been settled through the intermediation of spain she caused alexander to break with france and to sever his connection with ludovico il moro the surprising change was immediately confirmed by the marriage of don giuffre a boy of scarcely thirteen and donna Sancha, a natural daughter of duke alfonso of calabria august sixteenth fourteen ninety three the marriage was performed by proxy in the vatican and the wedding took place later in naples Caesar himself became cardinal September twentieth, fourteen ninety three. The stain of his birth having been removed by the cardinals Pallavicini and Orsini, who had been charged with legitimating him. February twenty fifth, fourteen ninety three. John Andrea Boccaccio wrote to Ferrara, regarding the legitimating of Caesar, ironically saying, quote, "They wish to remove the blot of being a natural son, and very rightly, because he is legitimate, having been born in the house while the woman's husband was living." this much is certain the husband was sometimes in the city and at others travelling about in the territory of the church and in her interest the ambassador however never mentions the name of this man which however in fessura says was domenico ippolito deste and alessandro farnese were made cardinals the same day to his sister's adultery this young libertine owed his advancement in the church a fact so notorious that the wits of the roman populace called him the. Quote, petticoat cardinal. The jubilant kinsmen of Giulia Farnese saw in her only the instrument of their advancement. Girolamo Farnese, Giulia's sisters, wrote to her husband Puccio from Casignano, October 21, 1493, quote, You will have received letters from Florence before mine reaches you, and have learned what benefices have fallen to Lorenzo, and all that Giulia has secured for him, and you will be greatly pleased even the republic of florence sought to profit by alexander's relations with julia for puccio her brother-in-law was sent to rome as plenipotentiary the florentines had despatched this famous jurist to the papal city immediately after alexander's accession to the throne to swear allegiance and later he was her agent for a year in faenza where he conducted the government for Astor Manfredi, who was a minor at the beginning of the year fourteen ninety four he went as ambassador to rome where he died in august his brother lorenzo pucci subsequently attained to eminence in the church under leo x becoming a powerful cardinal the farnese and their numerous kin were now in high favor with the pope and all the borgias in october fourteen ninety three they invited alexander and caesar to a family reunion at the castle of Capodimonte where madonna giovanella Julia's mother was to prepare a banquet whether or not this really took place we are ignorant although we do know that alexander was in viterbo the last of october in fourteen ninety two Julia gave birth to a daughter who was named laura the child officially passed as that of her husband orsini although in reality the pope was its father the farnese and the pucci knew the secret and shamelessly endeavored to profit by it Julia cared so little for the world's opinion that she occupied the palace of santa maria in portico as if she were a blood relation of lucretia alexander himself had put her there as a lady of honor to his daughter her husband orsini preferred or was compelled to live in his castle of bassinello or to stay on one of the estates which the pope had presented to him the husband of madonna Giulia, christ's bride as the satirists called her instead of remaining in rome to be a troublesome witness of his shame a remarkable letter of lorenzo pucci to his brother Gianozzo, written the twenty third and twenty fourth of december fourteen ninety three from rome discloses these and other family secrets he shows us the most private scenes in lucretia's palace lorenzo had been invited by cardinal farnese to go with him to rome to witness the christmas festivities he accompanied him from viterbo to rignano where the barons of the savelli house kinsmen of the cardinal formally received them after which they continued their journey on horseback to rome lorenzo repeated to his brother the confidential conversation which he had enjoyed with the cardinal on the way even as early as this there was the talk of finding a suitable husband for julia's little daughter the cardinal unfolded his idea to lorenzo piero di medici wished to give his own daughter to the youthful astore manfredi of faenza but farnese desired to bring about an alliance between astore and julia's daughter he hoped to be able to convince piero that this union would be advantageous for both himself and the republic of florence and would strengthen his relations with the holy see the affair would be handled so that it would appear that it was entirely due to the wishes of the pope and of piero in this the cardinal counted on the consent of both alexander and giulia and on the influence of madonna adriana lorenzo pucci replied to the cardinal's confidence as follows monseigneur i certainly think that our master the pope will give a daughter to this gentleman astore for i believe that this child is the pope's daughter just as lucretia is and your highness's niece in his letter lorenzo does not say whether the cardinal made any reply to this audacious statement which would have brought a blush to the face of any honorable man probably it only caused alessandro farnese a little smile of assent the bold pucci repeated his opinion in the same letter saying she is the child of the pope the niece of the cardinal and the putative daughter of signor orsini to whom our master intends to give three or four more castles near bassanello in addition the cardinal says that in case his brother angelo remains without heir this child will inherit his property as she is very dear to him and he is already thinking of this and by this means the illustrious piero will obtain the support of the cardinal Who will be under everlasting obligations to him lorenzo did not overlook himself in these schemes he openly expressed the wish that his brother puccia would come to rome as ambassador of the republic which he did and that he might secure through the influence of madonna adriana and julia a number of good places lorenzo continued his letter december twenty fourth describing a scene in lucretia's palace and his narrative shows her and especially julia as plainly as if they stood before us Janotso mine yesterday evening. I wrote you as above today Which is Easter evening? I rode with Monsignor Farnese to the papal palace to Vespers and Before his eminence entered the chapel. I called at the house Santa Maria in Portico to see Madonna Giulia She had just finished washing her hair when I entered She was sitting by the fire with Madonna Lucretia the daughter of our master and Madonna Adriana and they all received me with great cordiality madonna julia asked me to sit by her side she thanked me for having taken geronima Geralama, home and said to me that i must by all means bring her there again to please her madonna adriana asked is it true that she is not allowed to come here any more than she was permitted to go to Capodimonte and marta i replied that i knew nothing about that and it was enough for me if i had made madonna julia happy by taking her home for in her letter she had requested me to do so and now they could do as they pleased i wanted to leave it to madonna julia who was alive to all her opportunities to meet her as she saw fit as she wanted her to see her magnificence just as much as geronima gerolima herself wanted to see it thereupon madonna julia thanked me warmly and said i had made her very happy i then reminded her how greatly i was beholden to her highness by what she had done for me and that i could not show my gratitude better than by taking madonna geronima geronima home she answered that such a trifle deserved no thanks she hopes to be of still greater help to me and says i shall find her so at the right time madonna adriana joined in saying i might be certain that it was through neither the chancellor messer antonio nor his deputy but owing to the favour of madonna Giulia herself that i had obtained the benefices in order not to contradict i replied that i knew that and i again thanked her highness thereupon madonna Giulia asked with much interest after messer puccio and said we will see to it that some day he will come here as ambassador and although when he was here we in spite of all our endeavors were unable to effect it we could now accomplish it without any difficulty she assured me also that the cardinal had mentioned to her the previous evening the matter we had discussed on the road and she urged me to write she thought if the affair were handled by yourself the illustrious piero would be favorably disposed toward it thus far the matter has progressed julia also wanted me to see the child she is now well grown and it seems to me resembles the pope adeo ut vera exst eust semine ortadici dici possit madonna julia has grown somewhat stouter and is a most beautiful creature she let down her hair before me and had it dressed it reached down to her feet never have i seen anything like it she has the most beautiful hair she wore a headdress of fine linen and over it a sort of net light as air, with gold threads interwoven in it. In truth it shone like the sun. I would have given a great deal if you could have been present to informed yourself concerning that which you have often wanted to know. She wore a lined robed in a Neapolitan fashion, as did also Madonna Lucretia, who after a little while went out to remove it. She returned shortly in a gown almost entirely of violet velvet when vespers were over and the cardinals were departing i left with them the close association with julia to whose adulterous relations with her father lucretia was the daily witness if not a school of vice for her at least must have kept her constantly in contact with it could a young creature of only fourteen years remain pure in such an atmosphere Must not the immorality in the midst of which she was forced to live have poisoned her senses, dulled her ideas of morality and virtue, and finally have penetrated her own character? End of section eight.